0: Hi, my name is Caroline Durham, and I'm the minister to children here at Heights Baptist Church. Thanks for joining us online today. You can find our content on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and at our website, heightschurch.org connect. You can let us know that you joined us today um, and let us know how we can be praying for you. Thanks for joining us. So Matthew chapter 5, let's pick up in verse 13. If you don't mind standing again, if you're able uh, to uh, honor God in the reading of his word. Jesus says in verse 13, you are the salt of the earth, but if salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. You are the light of the world, verse 14 says, and a city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but they put it on a stand gives light to all that are in the house. In the same way, he says in verse 13, 16, let your light shine before others so they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Father, we thank you for a time where we've been able to come and to sing and, and study the Bible, maybe in our life groups this morning. And now we're here and, and we've opened our Bibles again after singing songs about you and, and to you and so, Father, we, we pray this morning that you will open our hearts to be able to receive your word, be able to push out distractions that we might have. And Lord, just, just to commune with you. Father, help us to remember that Bible study is not just about gaining knowledge, but it's being in the presence of God. And, and that's what we've done this morning. And so, Father, we thank you for this holy moment that we can have every week of opening your word together and, and seeing what the Holy Spirit will show us individually and corporately as a church. And so, Father, we, we pray this morning that you will, you will speak to us. And Lord, I thank you for those that are able to make it today in person online. Just pray that you'll continue to bless them, lead them, Father, and we continue to honor and, and glorify your name. We pray in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. You know, growing up, uh, one of my favorite sports to play growing up was baseball. I love playing baseball. I just played baseball every chance I got, every season I got to play, played year-round sometimes, and I just love, love playing baseball. Now, when I played baseball, the two positions I played in my illustrious little league middle school career uh, was this, I played catcher or I played first base. Those were my two spots on the baseball field, catcher, first base. The reason I always played catcher and first base is because I could not then as a kid, nor as a full-grown adult, catch a fly ball. I just you put me in the outfield and it just, it ain't going to happen. A a good pop-up and I'm out. I can't catch those things, but it was, it was on the dirt. I was pretty good at scooping it up. And so catcher first base is where I play. I love, love playing baseball as a kid. Now, I love going to the Astros games. I absolutely love going to Astros games. I go to as as many games as Sandra will allow me to go to. And, uh, you know, so I go to as many games as I possibly can. And the reason I love going to Astros games is because it's just, you know, it's my place to relax places just have fun, go hang out with some friends, watch a good baseball game, get around, you know, big crowds of people and feel the energy of the place. And so I love going to Astros games. Now, if you have not been to an Astros game in a long time or never, I'm going to give you a tip. Here's the tip. You go on a Tuesday night. Here's why you go to the Astros on a Tuesday night. Every Tuesday night at the Astros game, it is dollar hot dog night. (laughs) You're welcome. You go on a Tuesday night. Here's my second tip. You can buy a club seat in Section 233. You may want to write this down, by the way. This is good information, okay? You can buy a ticket in Section 233, 234, or 235, usually on a Tuesday night, for about 30 bucks, All right? That's a club-level seat. Now, here's what you're going to get in Section 233, 234, or 235. You're going to get a $15 food voucher with that ticket. On Tuesday night, dollar hot dog night, I'm telling you, you, go out there and eat like a king or a queen sitting there on Tuesday night. I love going to Astros games. I absolutely do. But as much as I love watching the Astros and you know, seeing Altuve hit one to the, the train tracks and Alvarez bouncing one off the scoreboard in a home run, I would much rather be down there on the field playing than watching. I'd still rather be out there on the field and, and, and put one over the outfield fence. I'd rather be diving on the dirt to prevent that, that that guy from, you know, getting a base hit. I'd rather be able to slap high fives with the people coming out of the dugout for something great they've done. See, I would still, as much as I love watching the game of baseball, I would still rather be on the field playing the game of baseball. See, here's why I tell you that, because there's a lot of today that all they're doing is they're just kind of watching they're in the stands. And, and, and they enjoy, they, they're very faithful to come in the stands. They're very faithful to come and they they just watch, they watch, they, they watch in church, they watch people serve, they watch people sing, they watch people preach, they, they just watch. And, and they come and they enjoy it. And, and they're a part of things in that way. And they're, they're watching and they're watching. But you know what? They're not on the field. And here's the thing. When you get on the field in a church and you start serving other people, you start lining your life up with God's mission for you. You start finding your purpose and your worth and identity and and what God's called you to do because now you're now a part of something bigger than just yourself. Now, when you serve others in God's kingdom, you're about bringing people into the kingdom. You're about fulfilling the mission that God has for you and, and for a church. And so this morning, what I want to do is to say this. If you're one of those that's in the stands, hey, I'm going to invite you to get on the field. i to invite you to figure out what it's like to serve somebody, see the blessings of serving people. Because here's what I want you to walk away with this morning. I want you to walk away with just this simple sentence that you really find in verse 16. is what, what Christ says, that when you serve someone else, you help them worship God. Right? That's what I want you to think about this morning. When you serve somebody else, you help them worship God. And I think all of us this morning would be like, yeah, I want to help somebody worship God. Okay, what you're going to discover is that when you do that, When you serve somebody, you help them worship God. See, we're in this series called Core. We're looking at the core values of our church. And we have four expressed core values of our church. And a value is simply this. We all have values in our lives. A value is a belief that you have that leads to an attitude or action. Okay? So for just instance, you valued being here this morning, so you came. And and thank you for for coming and having that value. But you said, hey, you know what? I want to be at church today. And that was a value that you lived out that you express. So last week, we talked about the value of engaging and where it's important for you to grow in your faith so you help someone else grow in their faith. This morning, we're gonna talk about that value of serving because when we serve others... We help them worship God. Now, when we talk about serving at heights, we look at the serving lens in two different areas, first serving in our community, all right, and then serving in our church. And so I want you to think about that this morning. All right, who, who am I maybe serving in my community? And then how am I serving at my church? All right, so how am I serving out? And then how am I serving in? And here's why it's important uh, to do that, because Jesus is going to say, be salt this morning in a decaying world. That's what he's going to call you to do. He says, hey, you know what? Serve people so they worship God. And here's what that looks like. Be salt in a decaying world. Be salt in a decaying world. Notice what he says in verse 13. He says, you are the salt of the earth. He said, but if salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored, right? So notice what he says. And I want you to see, it's very important at the beginning of verse 13 to catch this. He says, you are, Are the salt of the earth. Now, notice what he said. He said, You are that as a Christian. You're salt as a Christian in a decaying world. He's not saying you will become salt. Hey, one day you'll achieve saltiness. Hey, it's great that you're working toward being salt. No, no, no. Jesus is saying, As a Christian, you are salt right now. That's who you are as a believer in Jesus. That's part of your identity. You are salt. Now, when we think about salt, how many of you have probably had your doctors go, hey, you got to cut salt, right? You got to stay away from salt, you know, stop eating so many salty foods. You know, for us in our, you know, modern day culture, we're like, hey, I got to get salt out of my diet, right? And they're like, no, you got too much salt this culture in this time, salt is very, very, very important. I mean, they, they're like, no, no, give us more salt, you know? And there was a lot of usage for salt in the, in the ancient world. Let me just give you a couple. Uh, first, salt was often used to pay Roman soldiers, right? So that was a form of currency uh, to pay a Roman soldier was you gave them some salt, right? So you know that saying, hey, you're not worth your salt, right? Guess what? You didn't do a great job as a Roman soldier. You didn't get paid. You weren't worth your salt. That's where that phrase comes from. Right? So it was used to pay Roman soldiers, salt. But then also salt was used as a preservative and then a purifier. Right? It was used as a preservative and a purifier. So if you take all the ways that salt was used in the ancient world, Jesus here, when he says, "You are salt, He's saying as believers in Jesus Christ, our mission is to purify and to preserve. So think of it this way, just very, very simply. We as believers in Jesus, we are to have a positive influence on our culture. Right? We should be influencing our culture in the right way to lead them to Christ. Right? So that means if you sit there today and you go, man, I just, I don't like what's going on in culture. I just don't like this decision. I don't like what Disney did with this. I don't like this. I don't like this. I don't like this. Okay, great. Get out of the stands, get on the field, and be salt. So that means as a Christian, you have a positive influence in the lives of people around you. Think about with your kids, your grandkids. Like, I'm positively influencing my coworkers, my neighbors, wherever I am. I'm salt here in the church. I'm salt so I'm having that purifying, preserving influence where I'm influencing people in a positive way. Now, now, what if you say, though, hey, you know what? I, I don't, I don't want to be salt. Like, I, I can't. I can't do that. I, I don't want to do that. I, I, like the, I like the seat from section 233 that Lee told me about on Tuesday nights where I can get my you know, dollar hot dog night. I, I'm good, Jesus. I, I don't want to do this whole serving of people thing. what does that look like then? What happens next? If you just say, you know, nah, I'm good. I'm good in the stands, Christ. I don't want to link up with you and live out my identity. Well, Jesus says, okay, if you don't want to do that, then notice at the end of verse 13, he said, but if salt has lost its taste, how shall saltiness be restored? For it's no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. Now, some of you are good science people already, and you go, well, wait a minute, hang on. Salt scientifically cannot lose its saltiness, right? You, you're probably one of those that had the periodic table memorized in school, right? Go, wait a minute, salt can't lose its saltiness. So what does Jesus mean there? Jesus is saying this, that as a Christian, if you say, you know what, I I don't want to serve people to help them worship God. I'm just going to kind of stay on the sidelines. Or maybe as a Christian, your words are not matching your actions. Then you lose your influence. You're losing your relevancy in the lives of people around you. Because now you're saying, I worship this Jesus who calls me to do this, but I'm over here doing this. Now, it's not you lose your salvation, all right? So, when he talks about losing saltiness, it's not you're, you lose your salvation. No, 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 that's, that's not on the table. That's, that's secure in Christ, and Christ alone is your salvation found. Romans 8, at the end of chapter 8, says, nothing separates you from the love of God that's in Christ Jesus our Lord. So, your salvation is secure in Christ, But what will happen is if I'm not being salt where God puts me to be, if I'm not out serving people, then I'm losing my influence. I'm losing that worth in in being able to impact the lives of people. Jesus is saying, you're losing your saltiness. See, in this culture, again, when salt became contaminated, then it was no longer good. It couldn't purify. It couldn't preserve because now the salt became contaminated and literally people had no use for it anymore. So they throw it out on the road and people just walk on top of it. And that's the warning that Jesus says. Like, hey, Christian, if you don't want to be serving others, you want to have that influence helping people worship God, you're going to lose your influence. You're going to lose your relevancy. And then what good are you at that point? You're, you're just, yeah, you're saved, but you have no influence. It's, it's gone. So Christ says, be salt in a world... That's the cane. But secondly, notice he says, be light in a dark world. Be light in a dark world. He says in verse 14, you are the light of the world. A a city set on a hill cannot be hidden. And I love what Jesus says in verse 13, 14. So again, notice you are salt. This is who you are. You are light. This is who you are. You can almost write it out from the Greek this way. You and you only are salt. You and you only are light. So he said, again, this is who you are, your salt, your light in a dark world. Now, why are we light? Well, why are we light in a dark world? Well, because we believe in the one who was the light of the world. Notice what Jesus, Jesus says in John 8, 12. You can just write that right in the margin of your Bible. John 8, 12, Jesus says, I am the light of the world. And whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. All right. So Christ says, John eight twelve, I'm the light of the world. Whoever believes in me, they don't walk in darkness, but they have the light of life. All right. So as a Christian, notice this again because this is key. If I believe in Christ, now I'm light because He's light. All right. Our identities are tied together. Now that identity is in Jesus. Because he's the light, now by extension, I'm light right? as a Christian because my identity is in him. Well, what was the mission of Jesus? Well, to push light out to expel darkness. Right? To push light out and to bring people in the kingdom. Well, what's our mission as a Christian? To push light out, to push darkness back, to illuminate things for people to be able to see clearly Christ. That's why we say our mission here at Heights is to love and to lead all people to a new life with Christ. Right? That's our job. And that comes out of being light. See, our mission always comes out of our identity because we're salt. Because we're light, Jesus says, now go serve others so that you will help them worship God, whether it's out in the community, whether it's here in our church, that's who you are. your salt, your light. And it's interesting because Jesus gives us that kind of little silly illustration that we, we read about there are sometimes, you know, how silly would it be if, if at home you, you know, lit a candle to light up the room and right when you lit the candle, you put a, put a lid on top of it right? I mean, that would be foolish. It would be like you today going when it got dark outside and your living room's dark and you turn on your lamp and then you take a black towel and you put it right over top of the lamp. <laughs> it's like, you would look at it. If your spouse did that, you'd be like, what are you doing? That's weird, right? That's what Jesus is saying. It's weird, Jesus says, if you were at home in this culture and you have this little lamp that's, you know, used to light, to light up the room and You cover it and you bring darkness back in. She says, that doesn't make sense. And that doesn't make sense for you and I as a believer in Jesus Christ, not to be salt, not to be light. That's what he's driving us to. So what's Christ pointing us to? And what he's pointing us to is the command of the text. And, And don't miss this command. See, the command of the text is found in verse 16, where he says, in the same way, let your light shine before others so they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. All right? So notice that, there's your command. Let your light shine, All right? be salt, be light, so they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. I want you to just notice two reasons out of verse 16 to do this. All right? Two reasons, because Christ commands us to be salt and light. And here are two reasons why. First, you see in verse 16, this, you want to be salt light and let your light shine so that they may see your good works. Okay. Notice number one, here's why you want to be salt light so that people see your good works. Now I know some of you are already thinking, well, hang on. I serve people because I don't want any recognition. I serve people quietly. You know, I, I serve people not to be known and to make a name for myself amen, that's a great heart, all right? And that's a good attitude to have, but that's not what Christ is saying. What Christ is saying is this, when you serve others, you then are seen by others, and now you are becoming relevant in their life, all right? And here is where you and I need to think and process this out at a deeper level. The more and more you serve non Christians, the more and more you serve people in the church and the body of Christ, the more relevancy you gain in the culture. Because right now in our culture, we are losing our relevancy quickly. Right? Meaning this the days are gone. That people are just going to drive by on a Sunday morning and go, huh, there are a lot of cars there at 1030. I wonder what's going on in there. Well, let's just pull in and see. They have no reason to. We're not relevant at that point. Let me ask you this, in, in audience participation, I'll be interested to know this. How many of you passed another church on your way to this church this morning? Anybody? might drive by another church before you got to this church? Okay, quite a few of you. Why didn't you go there? Why didn't you stop there? Why'd you come here? Right? I mean, no offense to Matt, their music may have been better, right? No offense to me, their preaching probably was better, Right? I mean, they may have better kids programs or youth programs. I mean, why did you pass the churches you passed on the way to this church this morning? You know why? They weren't relevant in your life. You came here because this one's relevant to you you're here because somebody may invited you, you're here because maybe this is where you got saved, you got baptized, you've been raised, this one's relevant to you, that's why you showed up here, but you passed all the other ones on the way in. You didn't stop and go, huh, they've got cars in that parking lot. Wonder what the snack situation's like. Yeah. You go, no, I'm passing all of those other ones because I find relevance here. So stay with me on this. So when Jesus says in Mark 10 in verse 45, for the son of man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many, what you find in Christ is the ultimate servant. It's Jesus who left heaven, Jesus who came to earth, Jesus who said, I'm here to wash your feet, I'm here to serve you, I'm here to take on your sin, I'm here to die for you, I'm here to be raised from the grave so you can have eternal life. That's Christ serving us. Right. So if we now say, and stay with me, I worship this Jesus who is the ultimate servant but all I do is hang out in the stands and I'm not on the field serving anybody, then you have others who see that and go, that doesn't make sense. It's not relevant. But if I have a neighbor who gets cancer and I take him a casserole, I have somebody who needs some yard work, who's elderly, and they can't do it, and I go do it. If you have a coworker that now you're serving or you're serving within a church, now you have people that look at you and go, why? Why are you doing that? Why are you helping that person out? Because all I know right now is a culture that fights because my family fights. All I see on Twitter and Facebook and all the other social media apps and cable news shows is how evil this other person is that I don't agree Why are you here doing disaster relief? Why are you here taking care of kids on a Sunday morning? Why are you here helping me out as a neighbor? Why did you give me a cup of cold water in the name of Jesus? Why? Oh, that's a fantastic question. Let me tell you why, because I believe in this man by the name of Jesus, who is the ultimate servant, right? And so what happens is when you do good works, people see that, You become relevant again in a lost culture. But I want you to notice the second part of verse 16 that's key. When you serve others, now they have an opportunity to worship God. See, notice, and they give glory to your Father who is in heaven. When you serve others, you help them worship God. Let me explain it to you this way, and and this was just a personal illustration of how this helped me yesterday that people help serve, and I had a chance to worship God. So Sandra was out of town. She flew in uh, back from Cleveland last night. She's been out the last couple of days speaking at a special needs conference up in Ohio. We had Frontier Day out at the uh, Frontier Day. We had that booth out yesterday, and I was responsible for getting the booth torn down. So I had the big tent and three tables. Now, it was going to end about five o'clock. Sandra wasn't home yet, and so I had James, if you're new with us, we have a 14-year-old with some uh, disabilities. We had David as well, and I'm thinking, all right, all day long I'm like, how am I gonna get, where am I gonna park the truck to take the tent down and move the tables, and I've got David, and I've got James, and I just don't know how this is gonna work out. James fell asleep at 4.15. Random nap at 4.15. We gotta be there at 5. Now, when this kid takes a nap, it's just like rim sleep right off the bat. I mean, he is just like out. You can't budge him, right? Put an air horn by that kid's ear, and it ain't going to do anything. So I'm like, oh, my gosh, he fell asleep at 415. i got to be there at 5 to take all this stuff down. I'm like, Lord, what am I going to do, you know? So about 430, I try to do the gentle rubbing of the back. Yeah. Hey, buddy, we got to get up. we got to go. You know, try the, the nice tone. Like, that, that isn't working. Hey buddy, get up. I'll give you some candy at the gas station if you like get up. You know, now I've moved into bribe stage, right? You know what I'm talking about, parents. We start out easy and then we start bribing like this. I mean, this kid is out. 445. I'm like, all right, come here. And I'm just like picking him up, right? I physically put him in the truck. And I'm like, here we go. Like you're like, we've got to go. And so as I'm driving to Frontier Day, I'm like, Lord, I don't know how I'm gonna do this because I don't know about you, but nobody wants to be picked up from a nap. Like now he's grumpy in the back and I got David with me. And I'm like, I, I don't know how I'm going to get this tent down, these tables down, all this. Right. When I pull up, there's a parking spot right where I can back our truck up right at the booth. I'm Like, Oh Lord, thank you. All right. Perfect spot. Robert Morris was there and Robert, you know, I got talking to Robert and he's like, yeah, yeah, I just showed up to help tear down. I'm like, all right, perfect. Because I got James in the truck. The truck's running me, David, and Robert, are starting to take the tent down. Cynthia Davis is there to help. Elaine Fox is there to help. Amanda and John Gross, who were there, just started randomly walking by and they're like, hey, you need help taking it down? Yes, thank you. So within five minutes, I got everything loaded up. You know what I did on the way home quietly? Lord, thank you. <laughs> Thank you for Elaine Fox. Thank you for Cynthia Davis. Thank you for Robert Morris. You know, thank you for the uh, John and Amanda Gross. Thank you that you put them there and you orchestrated them there to help me get this tent down. Lord, thank you for the way you use them. Do you notice what happened? They served. And I got a chance just to worship. A chance to say, God, thank you for that so anytime you serve somebody out in the community, anytime you serve somebody here in a church, you're giving them an opportunity to worship God. It matters. And so what you see today is like I said earlier, you've got some, got some tables back there. There There's some green books out uh, that are called serve initiative. And what we're doing is we're kicking off this month, our serve initiative. And what this is about, essentially this, we're calling you to serve And in this booklet are all of our ongoing ministries that we run weekly. And so what you're going to find is our children's ministry, our preschool, our elementary ministry, our uh, special needs ministry. You'll have connections ministry, youth student ministry, our life groups, and our worship and media ministry. All those positions are here within this booklet. And so when you open up to page two, it's going to show you a chart of all the different positions we have in any of those ministries. Now, what's not in here is things like Vacation Bible School or Fall Festival or any of those. These are our ongoing weekly ministries. And so what we're asking you to do is commit. We're asking you to commit to say, hey, I want to serve in some way in one of these ongoing ministries for a year. All right, so what we're going to do is in May we're going to take all our sign-ups June and July our staff's going to be in touch with you answer questions talk to you more about the positions we're going to have a training at the end of July and then in August we're going to start kind of our new year as a church in these ministries. And so what you're going to say is say hey I don't know do I want to work with kids all right what you're going to do then is find the kid page and what we've got is all the descriptions of the things we would ask you to do as a kids volunteer and who can volunteer how many hours it would take each month and so we're going to say, hey, let us know for a year. You're on board to serve. Now, you may go, a year? That's a long time. No, it's not, because we know you're going to travel some. We know you're going to get sick. We know you're not going to be here every time, and, and, and we understand that. That's life. What we're going to say is give us a year. Now, for those of you that are already doing it, and you're already involved, and, you know, I had a conversation after 9 o'clock service with somebody, and, and uh, I know nobody in 1030 is going to ask me this because you're godlier than 9 o'clock. No, I'm just kidding. All right making sure you're still paying attention. We love everybody, All right? But in this case, you know, they were like, hey, I've been teaching life groups for 15 years. I got to still let you know I want to teach another year? Yeah. Would you mind doing that? Let's know. We want to know, let you know, ask you, are you up for a 16th year? They're like, yeah. Well, no one's ever told me I had to let you know. I know. And isn't it so fun we get to do that together for the first time? Well, that's just exciting, isn't it? So I was like, you good for another year? He's like, yeah. I was like, perfect. All right. So if that's you and you've been teaching life group for 15, 16 you know, years and you want 17th year, go sign up. Let us know that you want to say, hey, I want to still be a part of that ministry and where God's calling me to be. That's what we're going to ask you to do and investigate and pray and say, yeah, I'm still good for another year. Thanks for doing that. And I know we've never done it that way around here before and all that. But man, so cool. We get to do it together for the first time for those of you that are new and you may go, I want to serve, but I want to find out more. I've got questions. Write your name down. All right. We're going to be in touch with you. Answer those questions. All right. This is kind of like a a no commitment moment where you're just saying, hey, I'm thinking about it and I'll I'll put my name down and then I'll let you know later. That's perfectly fine because we want to know who we need to follow up with. Here's why it's important. We want to serve others. So we give them an opportunity to worship God. You know, let me ask you this question. You can raise your hand if you're comfortable with it. No judgment on it if you are. How many Beatles fans do we have in here? Anybody with Beatles fans? Okay, yeah, some Beatles fans, all right. You know, John Lennon once wrote a song called Imagine. He said, imagine there's no heaven. It's easy if you try. No hell below us, above us only sky. Imagine all the people living for today. Imagine there's no countries. It isn't hard to do. Nothing to kill or die for and no religion to. Imagine all the people living in peace. You know, No no disrespect to John Lennon, but I don't want to imagine a world like that. I, I don't want to imagine a world without God. I don't want to imagine a world without the gospel. I don't want to imagine a world without the church. I don't want to imagine a world without people serving other people so they can have an opportunity to worship God. Instead, you know what I want to do? I want to imagine people of God serving others. I want to dream about seeing more and more people who go, you know what, I don't want to be in the stands anymore. Put me in coach. I'm ready to go. I want to see, imagine a world, dream of a world where more children are served, where more of our students are served, more of them come to know Christ. Christ. I want to imagine a world where more and more special needs families like mine are are helped and and find a home in a church. We'll see more and more adults engaging in Bible studying, growing in their faith and coming to know faith, coming to know Christ. I, I want to imagine that kind of a church. But here's the good news. We don't have to imagine that. We don't have to dream about that. You know why? God didn't call us to be dreamers. God calls us to be doers. And when you and I just go, you know what? I'm ready. Put me in. I'm going to go help somebody. I'm going to serve somebody in my community. I'm going to serve somebody in my church. Here's the great news of what God does. It helps that person worship him. So let's pray together. Father, I pray this morning that you would use each student, each child, each adult, Father, to serve someone. So they may worship you and God, I just, I think about every person that's in this room, those that are worshiping online with us, I thank you for them. And Lord, I thank you for the many men and women and students that have been so faithful in the life of this church over the years, serving others. Lord, what an impact they've had in this church and out in the community. And father, I pray for that to continue with a passion so that we may see you honored and, and glorified. And, and Father, i just thinking just specifically about our students this morning. I just thank you for those teenagers that are, that are sitting right over to my, my left. I thank you for so many who are already serving within the life of this church. Lord, I, I thank you that they're not only just the future of our church, but they are the church of Jesus Christ right now. And Lord, thank you for them. And, and Lord, I just pray. That today in all of our hearts, all of our minds, that we're going to walk out of here today. And we're going to say, who can I serve this week? Out in the community, out in my church, so I can help them worship God. Pray that in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. I am invite you to stand this morning. We're going to sing two songs. I invite you to come if you feel led. Be happy to pray for you, pray with you. Maybe today, if it's to say, I want to start a relationship with Christ, you, you come during this time. There will be folks ready to pray for you and pray with you. I'll be down front as well. as. We live in a world that is filled with bad news. But there's good news in the Bible. The good news in the Bible is that Christ Jesus came into this world, died on the cross for my sin, your sin. When they put Him in a tomb three days later, He came back to life, just as He said over and over in the New Testament that He would rise again. And when Jesus came out of the grave, He was able to beat death, to beat sin, to beat Satan, and to beat hell on your behalf and my behalf. But the Bible calls us to do something with that news, not just to hear it, not even just to say it's good, but to embrace it, to believe in it. And when you place your faith and your trust in Jesus as the Lord and Savior of your life, then the Bible says you are saved. You are saved from the penalty of your sin, which is hell. You are saved from the power of sin in your life. And one day when you die, God will take you to heaven and you will be saved from the presence of sin for all of eternity. You know, our mission here at Heights is to get that good news out. We say that we want to love people and lead them to a new life with Christ and I wanna give you an opportunity right now to place your faith, your trust in Jesus, to have your sins forgiven for everything you have done that you will do in your life, Jesus can forgive you. And so the way that we communicate with God is through prayer and just right where you are, if you're ready today to start a relationship with Christ, you can pray along with me and let's pray together. Dear God, I know I need Jesus. And I'm ready to place my faith and trust in Him. Thank you, Lord, for saving me through the work of Jesus. Amen. You know, friend, if you have prayed that prayer today, we'd love to connect with you. You know, the Bible says the next step of faith is baptism. And baptism does not save you. That's what Jesus does. But baptism shows that you're a believer. It declares you're a believer. You know, I have a wedding ring on on my hand here, and, and that wedding ring doesn't you know, make me married. It shows I'm married. And that's what baptism is about in the life of the believer in Jesus Christ, to proclaim that you now believe in Jesus in your life. And so we'd love to know if you've prayed along with us to start a relationship with Christ, if you need to be baptized as a believer, or if you have prayer requests. And what you can do is go to heightschurch.org slash connect. Heightschurch.org slash connect. We'd love to be able to connect with you there. I want to thank you so much for watching today's message. We'd love to see you in person if you're able to make it here on Sunday mornings at 9 a.m. or 10.30 a.m. Or watch us online at 9 a.m. or 10.30 a.m. at our Heights YouTube page or our Heights Facebook page. So again, until next time, I hope you have a great week and God bless.